No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jeremiah contrasts the vanity of idols with the true and living God who created all things. Destruction is coming, so Jeremiah prays for guidance. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 10 on Simply the Bible. You've probably heard the Hans Christian Andersen story of the emperor's new clothes. An emperor who enjoyed being fashionable was approached by two tailors. They told him of a magical fabric. Anyone who was foolish or unworthy of his position could not see it. But for a sum of money, they would make new clothes for the emperor from this wonderful material. The emperor agreed because not only did he like fashionable clothes, but he thought they would be useful to discern between the wise and the foolish ones in his kingdom. The emperor scheduled a parade to show them to his subjects when they were done. Now on that morning, the tailors brought to the emperor the clothes, but he couldn't see them. He thought to himself, could it be that I am not worthy of my position or that I am foolish? But he could not let anyone know what he was thinking, so he pretended to see the clothes. Before the parade began, the people were told of the magical qualities of the emperor's new clothes and that only the wise could see them. But when they saw the emperor wearing nothing, no one wanted to admit that he could not see the clothes. So they remarked to each other how beautiful they appeared. Finally, a child in the crowd said to his parents in a loud voice, But he's naked! The word spread through the crowd, who gradually began to admit the obvious truth. When the emperor heard this, he realized that he had been duped. This story illustrates what was happening in Judah in Jeremiah's day. Everyone was being duped by a lie no one wanted to admit it. Jeremiah was like the child in the crowd who blurted out the obvious. But rather than the people admitting their error, they simply went on believing the lie. They believed that things made out of wood were God's, denying the one true and living God who created all things and brought them out of Egypt. Today we conclude Jeremiah's prophecy that began in chapter 7. We continue in Jeremiah chapter 10. Hear the word which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. The children of Israel had received the light of truth. The living God had come down on Mount Sinai and revealed himself to them, teaching them his ways. But they preferred to walk in the way of the nations who walked in darkness and did not know the way of righteousness. Jeremiah also said, Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven. Rather than recognizing the sun, moon, and stars as wonderful creations of God, the Gentiles worshipped these celestial bodies as gods. And when signs appeared in the heavens, the people believed that they portended events on earth and were reliable for guiding one's life. We know this superstition as astrology. For the customs of the peoples are futile, 
For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen, with an axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not topple. They are upright like a palm tree and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves. Do not be afraid of them for they cannot do evil nor can they do any good. The people had come to accept the practice of cutting down a tree, carving it into an image and decorating it with silver and gold. They then fastened it with nails and hammers so that it could not fall over. And then they would worship it as their God. But this God could not speak and had to be carried. Now, if you have to carry your God, then how can your God carry you? How can he help you when you cry out to him? So Jeremiah said, don't be afraid of these so-called gods. They can't do you any harm. Neither can they do you any good. Inasmuch as there is none like you, O Lord, you are great and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. Who compares to the Lord? With merely his word, he created the heavens and the earth and everything in them. According to Isaiah 44, 8, there is no other God but him. He is over all the nations. Therefore, he is worthy to be feared. The wisest, most knowledgeable man in the world is puny in his sight. How much less are wooden gods that are made with human hands? But they are altogether dull-hearted and foolish. A wooden idol is a worthless doctrine. Silver is beaten into plates. It is brought from Tarshish. And gold from Euphaz, the work of the craftsmen, and of the hands of the metalsmith. Blue and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skillful men. The idolatrous Gentiles showed that they were dull-hearted and foolish. For a wooden idol is a worthless doctrine. It is a vain and futile teaching. Now, few people in the United States today bow down to a wooden idol, but there are all kinds of vain teachings to which people are devoted. If you ask them what they believe in, you will get a myriad of responses. But if you ask them what their beliefs are based on, they are often at a loss for words. They are based on their own feelings or things they've heard from others rather than on the revelation of God's word. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure his indignation. Not only is the Lord the only true and living God, but he is also the judge of the entire earth. Thus you shall say to them, the gods that have not made the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. When he utters his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasuries. 
Now, living six centuries before Christ and 2,000 years before the first telescope, how could Jeremiah have known that the heavens were stretched out? Astronomers tell us that the universe is expanding at an astounding rate. How could Jeremiah have known that rain clouds are formed by vapors ascending from the ends of the earth? Jeremiah spoke of scientific things far beyond his contemporaries because he was inspired by God. He also made the point that creation itself testifies of a creator, and that creator is Yahweh. Everyone is dull-hearted, without knowledge. Every metalsmith is put to shame by an image, for his molded image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. They are futile, a work of errors. In the time of their punishment, they shall perish. Where are the Baals and the Ashtoreths today? They have vanished and are considered mere relics of ancient civilization. So it will be with all false gods or vain teachings, including evolution. These are works of errors and they are destined to perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the maker of all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Jacob's portion was the true and living God who made all things. And Israel is the Lord's inheritance. The same is true for the church today. Paul prayed for the Ephesians that they would know the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in the saints. So the Lord is our portion and we are his inheritance. Gather up your wares from the land, O inhabitant of the fortress. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will throw out at this time the inhabitants of the land and will distress them that they may find it so. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is severe. But I say truly, this is an infirmity and I must bear it. My tent is plundered and all my cords are broken. My children have gone from me and they are no more. There is no one to pitch my tent anymore or set up my curtains. Because of Judah's idolatry, the Lord would soon drive her from the land. Jeremiah's wound was severe because he bore the pain of Jerusalem being destroyed and the people being brought into captivity. For the shepherds have become dull-hearted and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. Behold, the noise of the report has come and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate, a den of jackals. The shepherds or the leaders of the people have become dull-hearted and would no longer respond to the word of God or to the prophets whom the Lord sent and the people would bear the consequences of their bad leadership. Therefore, the Babylonians would come down from the north and make the cities of Judah desolate. O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. O Lord, correct me, but with justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Jeremiah utters a profound truth here. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. 
We are too easily led astray by the deceitfulness of our own hearts. We need a good shepherd to guide us. Every child needs correction. And Jeremiah knew that he also needed correction, but he didn't want God correcting him in anger, but rather with justice. I pray, God, correct me as you must, but please do it in love. Pour out your fury on the Gentiles who do not know you and on the families who do not call on your name, for they have eaten up Jacob, devoured him and consumed him and made his dwelling place desolate. So Jeremiah prayed that God would pour out his fury on the Gentiles who did not know him, who were coming to destroy his people. God would use the Babylonians to chasten Judah But later, he would judge Babylon for their sins and, in that sense, answer Jeremiah's prayer. Now, we don't ever want to be duped like the emperor with his new clothes. The true and living God has been revealed to us through his word, so we don't have to be duped. We can walk in the light. Therefore, let us turn aside from the vain things and the deceitful philosophies of this world to worship the Lord alone. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see that the people have broken God's covenant and turned back to the sins of their fathers. Therefore, God will bring calamity. A plot is formed against Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.